God has just been reminding you. I felt this very heavy last Sunday. Whenever we come to church, I always try to approach the message as if this were the last time I would preach or this were the last time you would be here to hear. And so I always want to make that a priority. And so it's been very heavy lately that I just make sure that if this were the last time you were here and this was the last time I was here, that I would say, here's what I would preach on. So today, if you have your Bibles, I want to preach on this message, Settle. Jeremiah 29, 11. We have the scripture in our foyer of our church in broad letters. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I believe this book. I believe every word in it. And I believe that God has a divine plan for every person's life that takes a breath. I believe God has looked at that person and says, I have a plan for you, son. I have a plan for you, daughter. As a parent, don't you have plans for your kids sometimes? They don't always follow through because those are your plans. They have their own plans. And sometimes that happens in our life. Our Father has plans for us. But sometimes we do not fulfill His plans in our life. Our Father has plans for us to have hope, a future. God plans for His children to prosper, to be very profitable in this life. And I believe that God has a plan for us to live an abundant life here on this earth. Plans for us to have a hope, a future I believe this with all my heart. But I also know that God has also given us, you and I, a free will. And we can make choices that will abort God's plan for our life. We make choices to where God would say, go down this road, and we make a choice to go down this road. God would say, I would have you do this, and we do that. God would have you to say, I want you to have this person in your life, and we put this person in our life. Our choices override the will of God. And so our challenge today is for our will to line up with God's will so that our life is a life that prospers, our life is a life that has hope, our life is a life that has a future. Because God has declared, I want this for your life. Today I want to look at a man's life that God had all of these things planned for him. Just like he does for you and just like he does for me. If you have your Bibles, look at Genesis chapter 11 verse 31. This man's not talked about much in the Bible, but it's a very pivotal point in the history of mankind. Terah took his son Abram, how many know Abram, Abraham, you know him, his grandson Lot, you know Lot, uh, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abram, so Abraham and Sarah, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Acts chapter 7, verse 2 and 3 and 4. To this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, before Abraham lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans, and I mean, so um, Terah left the lands of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. This is obviously an important time in Terah's life and obviously an important time in the history of Israel. I believe the life of Terah and for generations that could have followed him could have been different. This is so important that now it is recited again in Acts. Generations later, they are saying the glory of God appeared to Terah while he was in the Ur of the Chaldeans and told him to go to Canaan. But he left the Ur of the Chaldeans and went to Haran 
and he settled there. You see, Terah heard the will of God for his life. He responded to the will of God in his life. He left the Ur of the Chaldeans. But when he got to Haran, he settled there. Now this trip from Ur of Chaldeans to Canaan is about 600 mile trip. And so Terah heard the voice of God. He got his family together, got all of his relatives together, Abraham, Sarah, Lot, and all those people. And, and, he got to, and they said, we're on a 600 mile journey. It was a rough journey through the desert and then up into the mountains and then back down and then over to the land of Canaan. Canaan, we know, God always describes as a land flowing with milk and honey. This was God's plan for Terah and his generations that followed. But Terah went through the desert, rough, tough. They got up into the mountainous era of Haran and there he settled. Settled. I believe a lot of people hear the voice of God. And I believe that a lot of people respond to the voice of God. But sometimes they don't always follow through with what they start. You see, this word settled in the Hebrew means this, to sit down and to do nothing. So Terah got to Haran, the halfway point, and then he sat down and didn't do anything. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Have you ever seen a cat settle in? Now, I'm not a cat person, but we've had a cat in the past, and crazy cats. His name was Zach, and we called him Zach Attacks. For no reason, he would just be laying there and attack stuff. And then he would look at us like, why did I just do that? I don't, we don't know, Zach. You just did it. But cats are weird little animals. Some of you love them. Uh, whatever your position is, we're not taking a vote. But I've seen cats get ready to settle down. And they will take their claws and begin to work them into the, the seat they're about to get into. And then they'll kind of move around and claw some more, move around. And it's a process. Move around some more, claw some more. And then finally, when they've got it just right, they will curl up into a ball, get settled in. Why? To do nothing. They settle in. They settle in and they don't do anything. And that's what Terah and his family had just done. They were tired, they were weary, they got to Haran and they sat down and didn't do anything. Now if you'll notice in the book of Genesis, it says that Terah had a son named Haran. Now I don't know why he named his son Haran. Maybe Maybe Terah and his wife had traveled to this city before. Maybe they had a great love weekend. I don't know. And so when they got back home, he goes, hey, let's name our boy Heron. Okay. But obviously Terah found something sentimental in his heart when he got to this place. Maybe it was just the name of a town that was the same as his son. And he's like, you know, I kind of like it here. I don't know. But you see, whenever they left the Ur of the Chaldeans, that was a very sinful lifestyle place. It was a place of idolatry. It was a place of Baal worship. It was, it was a place that was antithetical to worshiping God. And so God said, I want you out of there. I, I don't want you or your family, the generations to come, to be brought up and to live in this kind of situation. I want you to move to Canaan. I want you to give them a life flowing with milk and honey. But instead, he moved to Haran and stopped. And Haran was a place that was still idolatry, still worshiping pagan gods, still the same atmosphere as the Ur of Chaldees. So why did he stop? Maybe he was just tired and weary. I don't know. I've had people tell me this through the years. Pastor, when I get older, I will serve God. I've had men even tell me, you know, just before my last breath, I'm going to have time to say, God, forgive me, and God will forgive me, and I'm going to heaven. But I've got to live my life, and I want to do what I want to do. You see, that may be okay for you, but it's not okay for your kids. 
You see, God was concerned not only about Terah, but God was concerned about the next generation coming up, about this young boy and, and his wife named Abraham and Sarah. He's concerned about their future. He was concerned about Haran's future. He was concerned about all the family. And God did not want them to be brought up in a house with that kind of atmosphere. And I'm telling you today, if you are a parent, the best thing that you can do for your kids is leave the Ur of the Chaldees Leave Haran and get your life over here in the, in the land of Canaan where God will give you a life that is abundant. That's what God has planned for you. God has a work for you to do. God has a lovely, beautiful, abundant, hope-filled, prosperous life for you. But you cannot stop in Haran. If you're a parent today, it's not just about you. Uh, you may be single today. It's not about you. It's about you and the future. I want my wife, I want my kids to live a blessed life. I want my grandkids to live a blessed life. So when I start out on my journey from the life of sin into what God has called me to, I want to make the entire trip and get to where God wants me to be so he can give me blessings, so he can prosper me, so he can put into plan his life for my life. Today we can't stop and sit down and do nothing. I've seen a lot of churches do that. I've seen a lot of churches who, uh, who had this small little building over here in town and, and they're like, we, we've got to have something better. And Then they build a beautiful facility and then sit down. I've been involved in, in two churches and both of them had building programs. And you know what the greatest challenge as a pastor was? The greatest challenge was about six months to a year after we completed our new facility and everybody just wanted to sit there and do nothing. Well, pastor, we've made it. No, we haven't. The reason we built this is for people who are lost, who are living in the Ur of the Chaldeans to move their occupancy to Canaan. We've got a lot of work to do. Yes, the, the trip is going to be weary. The trip is going to have challenges. The trip is going to be tough at times. But we've got to keep moving. You see, you just can't get to the tough places in life and just settle in there. Well, I, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. I, I didn't think it was going to be this hot. I didn't think we'd have to climb this much of a mountain. I didn't think we'd have to... Why didn't we have an easier trip in life? Well, life is tough. Life is filled with challenges. Sometimes there are hard challenges and they seem impossible. But God says, I have called you out of, I have called you to, don't take that temptation to settle in. You know what happened to Haran? He died in a pagan country. His son died in a pagan country. His son never knew what it was like for his father to go to the house of God and worship in Canaan. His son never saw his father living in a place to where they didn't worship idols and it wasn't about all this adulterous lifestyle and all the sin. His father never showed him that kind of a life. I believe it's important for our kids to see us serving God, don't you? I believe it's important when we bring our kids to church for them to see us lifting our hands in worship. I believe it's important for them to see us paying attention to the message and writing down notes and our kids are watching us and going, if that's where mom and dad are going, I want to go there too because I want to be blessed like my parents are blessed. The Bible says that the blessing of the father can go to ten generations. I want that, don't you? I don't want my wife and kids, I don't want my grandkids to grow up in a home that's filled with a sinful lifestyle. I want them to come into a home that is filled with the presence of God and filled with love and joy and peace and hope and they have a future in front of them. We cannot take that chance with our children today. We cannot take that chance. All I know is that Terah did not fully obey God. He started out, but then he stopped. I wonder today how many people in this auditorium, people watching live stream, how many of us are here today and we started off on fire? And then we've kind of just settled in. We've kind of just started to sit around and do nothing. God has called you and given you gifts and talents and abilities. And you're going, but nobody's asked me to do anything. Listen, 
Nobody ever asked me to do anything either. I always shot my hand up. They go, we need somebody to clean the toilets in the church. I'll do it. Need somebody to mow the yard. I'll do it. Need somebody to take out all the trash. I'll do it. Yeah. Was that my greatest talent? Could have been. <laughs> but I was willing to do something. I didn't just want to sit around and do nothing. I see too many people who have dreams and aspirations that God has burst into their life. And, and when they're young, God gives them these dreams of what he wants them to do. But then they face challenges. They get, life gets tough and it doesn't just come easy for them. And so they decide to settle in and just sit there and do nothing. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, there's a... There's a dialogue between two great men. One's named Elijah, one's named Elisha. We know these great prophets, right? And God had told Elisha through the prophet Elijah, if you see me when God takes me, you will receive a double portion of my anointing. Isn't that awesome? Man, Elisha was a very driven young man. He's like, I just don't want what you've got, Elijah. I want twice as much. And here's what the dialogue is happening in 2 Kings 2, 2 through 4. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Bethel is a place where God gave a lot of people dreams. Remember Jacob? He had a dream. He was in Bethel. And he dreamed about heaven and there was a ladder that stretched up from heaven down to earth and angels were ascending and descending. Bethel is a place where God gives people dreams. Elisha could have been tempted to stay in Bethel. Have some dreams. Have a good life. But Elisha knew if I stay here and Elijah goes on and God takes Elijah when I'm not with him, I will not receive a double portion of that anointing. So Elisha says, there's no way you're going to leave me. And Elisha was tempted on four different occasions to sit down and do nothing. Be happy. You're in a great place. Have some dreams. But he said every time, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in Bethel. I'm not staying in Jericho. I'm not staying anywhere. Why? Because I want everything that God has for my life. I want to live life the way God has planned for me to live. I want to live life with a hope, with a future. I want God to bless me and prosper me and not to harm me. I want everything God has for me. And I will not sit here. I will not do nothing. I will follow you no matter where you go because I want God. Wow. Dreams are great, aren't they? We've all had dreams. But if you do nothing about your dreams, they just become fantasy. Dreams are bad if we say, well, someday. Don't you love that word, someday? Well, someday I'll, you know. Maybe, maybe dreaming is just not enough. 2 Kings chapter 2, again, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away today? They asked Elisha. Like I said, yes, I know. So be quiet. <laughs> Quit distracting me. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. You see, there's going to be all kinds of reasons for us to stop in Haran and settle down. Well, I don't want to take that much of a chance, Pastor. Uh, well, you know, I've got a lot of friends here. And, uh, and if I do what God wants me to do, I'm probably going to lose some friends. Well, you know, I've got a really good paying job. And, and if I do what God wants me to do, I may have to leave this really good paying job. And I think I'll just settle. I think I'll just settle. I've seen a lot of people, including myself through the years, you've done it too, have dreams of dieting and being skinny. 
I'm going to be skinny, going to be skinny, going to be skinny. And you start off in January, going to be skinny. I'm going to lose 57.8 pounds in two weeks. Going to do it. And man, you're getting out there and you're running around the neighborhood. People are going, what are they doing? And you're sweating like crazy and you're working out three times a day, uh, at least for the first two or three weeks. And then all of a sudden you do what? I think I'll sleep in this morning. I can't move. I think I will have that extra shake at lunch. And uh, I think I'll only order two double cheese bacon cheeseburger things. It's, yeah, we settle. Yeah. You see, Terah could have had a life. He could have had a life in Canaan. He could have had a life that was blessed by God, flowing with milk and honey. His kids could have been there. They could have seen it. Abraham and, and, and Isaac and all those could have been born. It would have been awesome for his kids to see. Look at what dad's done for us. Look at what a life he's given to us. But Terah didn't. I've seen a lot of people get saved and be on fire for God. I mean, they're at the church every time the doors are open. They're there early. And when they see me, they shake my hand. Pastor, it's so good. Man, God's going to do great things today. Absolutely, man. And man, they are amen in me every time I say something. I could say something like the sky is great. They go, amen. Preach it, pastor. Preach it. Come on. And then after about three months, I'm like, I wonder where they went. Where are they going? You know what happened? The temptation of Herod. They settled. Well, Pastor, uh, you know, I, I tried that, that, that church thing, and it didn't quite work out because I had some troubles, and I thought when I gave my heart to the Lord, I wouldn't have any more troubles. Listen, you're going to have to go through a desert sometime. Jesus went through a desert for 40 days, didn't he? And what happened in the desert? All kinds of temptations. What happens in your life and my life? We are all tempted when it gets tough to settle. Thought this was supposed to be easy. No. Terra settled for Heron, and guess what? He died there. He never experienced the life, the plans that God had for his life. Now, that was in chapter 11 of Genesis. Take your Bibles, turn one page to chapter 12. Now the Lord is now talking not to Terah, but now he's talking to Abram. The Lord said to Abram, Go from this country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. And here's what God promises to Abram if he follows. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Wow. That's the same thing God wanted to do in Terah's life. But Terah settled and didn't receive it. And God now gives the same challenge to the next generation. Abram, if you will follow me and you will go after me and you will not settle, I want to take you to Canaan and then I'm going to bless you. And guess what? Today we remember the name of Abraham, don't we? Hey, we don't remember Terah, do we? But we remember Abraham. Why? Because he followed God. He went to Canaan. We remember him because he took his son Isaac up on the mountain because he was willing. Whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Why? I want all the blessings. I want all the hope and all the future that God has for me. He took his son up on a mountain because God told him to sacrifice him. And he went up there and he was ready to thrust the knife through his son's heart. And then God provides a ram in the thicket. And God said, I just wanted to see if you really love me. You see, today, a lot of times God is challenging us to prove our love to Him, and sometimes we just settle. Sometimes we don't receive. Today, we know that all of the children of Abraham look like the sands of the sea. That's how many children God gave to Abraham and Sarah. You know why they were so old when they had kids? Because they were delayed from getting to Canaan. They stopped in the heron and Sarah grew old. And so when Abram said, hey, God's told me we're going to have children. She's like 90 years old. She just laughs. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Really? Now? Abram goes, yeah. We're going to have so many kids, Sarah. They're going to be like the sands of the sea. Can you imagine a woman's reaction at 90 years of age to that? What? <laughs> yeah. Because God has plans for us. 
God has plans to prosper us. God has plans not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future if we obey Him to the full. If we don't settle, if we don't stop halfway. You see, Abraham wanted everything from God for not only himself, but for his kids and generations to follow. Even today, we go our father Abraham, right? We are descendants of those blessings. I want to be blessed today, don't you? I want God's hand upon my life in a gentle way. I want the Holy Spirit to guide me into all truth and to lead me where I'm supposed to be and to help me say what I'm supposed to say and then help me to think what I'm supposed to be thinking. I want my life blessed in every area. I want it blessed in my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health. I want to be an example to my wife. I want to be an example to my kids. I want my kids to be an example to their kids. This is what a home looks like that's filled with the presence of God. This is what it feels like to be loved unconditionally by your parents. This is what it feels like to have security and safety in a home. And today so many homes are being destroyed by the enemy. Why? Because the parents are settling for less than what God has for them. Less than what God has. Have you ever dreamed of buying a brand new car? Dreamed of that? Boy, Sandy and I have. I remember one day she took me to a car lot. It was pouring down rain. And we, we looked at this van. And it was way more than... And she just put her hands on it and started praying. <laughs> I laughed. I did. Yeah, because she wanted something brand new. Yeah. Don't we have those lists? Here's what I want. I want a brand new car. I don't want second hand. I don't want somebody's hand-me-down. I want a brand new car. Oh, here's the color. I want it to be, you got your dreams, I got mine. I want it blue. I don't want that vinyl that sticks to you in the summer. I want leather. I want the air conditioner to work. As a matter of fact, I want an air conditioner on my side and an air conditioner on their side because we have two different temperature controls. I want cruise control. I want a backup camera. I want that thing to tell me when I get in the car how handsome and skinny I am. I want it to remember the position that I like my seat in. I want that car to help me go wherever I want to go. I want a big shiny engine under the hood. I want to hear it when it cranks up. I'm thinking at least 500 horsepower. Man, I want something that's going to get me down the road. And so you take your list, you dream it, then you go to the car dealership. Here's what I want. Oh, we have that car on the lot. Really? How much is it? What? And you settle. You settle for the used car. It's white. You settle for vinyl seats. Air conditioner works sometimes, but you settle. And I got a feeling God wants to challenge every individual in this house. This sermon is not for your neighbor. This sermon is not for somebody else. But this message today is for every person that's listening. I believe God wants to challenge you to get up. Get up up. Stop settling for anything in your life and see what God really has plans for you to do and see what God has plans for you to be and see what God has plans not only for you but if you have children what your children God has plans for and if you're not married maybe God you say what person do you have for me to marry God because I know you've got that all figured out. I want to make sure to get the right person. And I want to make sure in the future for my children. If I don't have them today. If you're a teenager you really need this message. Because you're about to make decisions. That are going to put you in a direction in life. And you need to make sure it is the direction. That God wants you to go in. I want your life blessed. I want you to have an enjoyable life. Will there be challenges? Absolutely. Will there be tough days? Absolutely. Will there be temptations to settle? Absolutely. All the time. 
almost daily. But you can't. You can't settle. You can't just follow God halfway and stop. Well, I know it's in the mountains and the views are pretty and it's cool at night. I understand. But it's nothing compared to what God has planned for you. Nothing compared. You see, I love sports. I love sports. And this is my favorite time of year. Because you're about to enter into the college basketball NCAA tournaments. It's holy grounds. And then right after that is over, the Masters Golf Tournament in April in Georgia. And when I talk about Georgia, I talk like that. And I get a glass of sweet tea, and I sit down myself, and I settle in to watch me some golf on that there TV. But you know what? Pray for Sandy, yes. But you know what? You know what I've learned about competition? People who are winners never settle. Watch them. If they don't make a shot, they don't go, oh, okay. No, it, it makes them challenge, I'm going to practice more. They get up there, they go to make sure, it, it, it just, everything goes against it in their body. I will not miss a shot. I am going to be winning this game. And they challenge their teammate, come on guys, let, let's dig down deep. This is where we've got to be better and stronger and run faster than everybody else. Champions are not okay with second. You either win or you lose. You're either first or you're last. That's the mentality of champions. You know what the mentality is of losers? Eh, it's all right. We did pretty good, didn't we? And we had fun. Listen, if you're playing me in something, I'm not there to have fun. I'm there to beat you. Last night, we had a, a spoon and an egg, and we had races with our grandchildren. Guess what? I cut them no slack. I beat them down. I'm not losing. But pastors, your grandkids, let them win. No. When they get big enough to beat me, then they can win. Until then, I'm taking them down. Then I'm rubbing it in their face. Yeah, loser. No, I didn't do that. But I do want to challenge them to not be content and settle for second. I don't want to do that in any area of my life. I, I didn't settle when I was playing sports. I didn't settle whenever God put me and Sandy together. Didn't settle for that. I way overmarried because I know what it's like to win, don't you? I love that feeling. Champions win. Some people are okay when they settle. I'm okay. Tomorrow. Someday. No. We cannot settle. Look at this guy named Jacob. Remember that guy Jacob had the dream? But then one night, the Bible says an angel came down and wrestled. And, and the angel told, if you beat me, I will bless you. Guess what Jacob did? He was tempted all night long to quit. I mean, he wrestled that angel. And every time the angel started, he go, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. I'm not, I want the blessings of God in my life. And it, it, they wrestled all night long, dawn of day. And the angel finally, to get him to stop, had to touch him in his hip. And he limped the rest of his life. But guess what happened? Jacob got the blessing. Because he didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't settle. There's a widow in the New Testament. And she wanted to get the judge's attention. And he dismissed her. And so what did that widow do? The judge's house. Two o'clock in the morning. Judge, he gets up to go to work. Can't get out of the house because she's right there. He goes to work, he gets out, she's on the sidewalk, he goes up the stairs, she's there in front of his door. Judge! You know what happens? Finally, she didn't settle and the judge heard her case. God's word teaches us we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. 
God wants to be a more than God in your life. And He wants us to be more than people who live in Ur of Chaldees. He wants us to be more than people who settle for Haran. He wants us to live in Canaan and be blessed, have a future, have a hope, prosperous. But we cannot settle and stop when it gets tough. We can't. Abram received the blessings that Terah could have had. Sometimes we settle for finances. I've seen lots of people do it. I've seen pastors who settle in churches. I've had pastor friends of mine go, well, I'm getting kind of up there in years, and I guess I'm just going to kind of just ride this church out until I retire. Just kind of ride it out. I said, shame on you. Your people are walking in every Sunday needing a word from God. They don't need a pastor to settle. Let me just mail it in this Sunday. Let me just kind of take a knee. Wouldn't it, be wouldn't it be terrible if you came in and I'm just going, yeah, didn't really have time to put much together this week. So let's just look at John 3.16 today. And then just pray for you and you leave. Wouldn't it be terrible to have a pastor that never brought the word of God and didn't challenge you to get up and do something? Do something eternally for God. Be who God has called you to be. Don't settle for 30 pieces of silver when you can be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Don't settle for that. Don't settle for a life that's easy. Don't settle for temptations and don't settle for being comfortable. Don't settle for the easy way out. But go for what God has planned for you. I know, declares the Lord, I know the plans I have for you. I know what I've designed you to do and the gifts I've created you with. And I want you to live an abundant life. Blessed life. Prosperous life. A life that you can share with your kids and, and they can share with their kids and the generations to come. And be a great father and be a great mom and a great nanny and a great poppy. And your kids go, man, I want to be like you. I want my home to live in Canaan. I don't want to go back to Haran. I don't want to go back to the Ur of the Chaldeans. I want to stay here where there's peace and joy and hope and future, mercy and grace. And God gets involved. I love this in Romans 8. He said, God just causes. He causes what the enemy would cause to dis destroy you. God calls it, turns it around for your good. God causes all that stuff. He gets involved in your life. In Romans he said, and God causes all things to turn about for your good. Wow. Man, I want God working for me, not against me. And the Bible says, you are either for God and with God or you are against God. And we've got to make sure that we do not settle in Haran. That we do not live like Terah and settle just because it's not in the desert, it's in the mountains. I know God wanted me to go 600 miles, but I'm only going 300. I know God called me to do this, but, but pastor... I really don't have that personality. Oh, you do. You just don't know it. But, 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 Moses, just be quiet. I know you stutter, but I made you to stutter. Why? Because in your weakness, I become great. So don't bring your weakness to God. If you're playing basketball, you go in weak to the goal. Guess what happens? They slam it down your throat. And then they look at you and they say this, this is basketball terminal. Don't bring that Kool-Aid in here. You ain't going to get an easy layup coming in here. You better come in strong if you're going to try to do anything. And the Bible tells us to be strong in the power and the might of your God. This is not me. This is not me. This is God. That's how we live our lives. Yeah. Because God can cause you. So today we've got to 
ask questions. What are you going to do? PCA Church, those listening, what are you going to do? Every individual here, what are you going to do? Are you fully, fully doing what God's asked you to do? Or have you settled in? Kind of got like that cat, just kind of gotten everything comfortable. Will you get up? Will you do something? Or are we just going to sit here in heaven? But Pastor, we've come a long way, absolutely, but this is nothing compared to what God has planned for you. Wow. And guess what? Sometimes your parents can influence your choices. Yeah. Tara's parents, Earl Chaldee, thought he was okay living in that idolatrous lifestyle. So he was okay living in Herod. He was okay with it. It was comfortable. I'm used to it. But sometimes we today let our parents influence our choices. Well, my parents never were that much about going to church. or You know, I don't really need to get all that crazy about God. And, you know, I don't need to be a fanatic or anything like that. I'm just a good person. Those sound like words that settle to me. Because I'm challenged every day I get up. What are you going to do today, Pastor? Are you ready for the day that I've got planned for you? Because I have plans for you today. You're going to get up and do something. You do not have to do what your parents have done. You can break the cycle. Maybe there's a cycle in your family of alcoholism and drug abuse and all those things, whatever it may be. I don't know. But you don't have to live like your parents did. God's called you to Canaan. You just got to get up and get there. Stand with me today. God's called every individual that's ever breathed air into their lungs. I have plans for you. I, the Lord, declare I have plans for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. But you can't start and go halfway. You can't just get to Herod. Well, I'm better than I was. Yeah, but you're not where you are supposed to be. You're not doing what God has called you to do. I found out a long time ago that God doesn't show me what I need to be doing until I get there. I wish he'd tell me in advance, here's what you're going to be doing, but he waits until I get there so I make sure I'm there before he tells me what I'm supposed to be doing. God told Abram, I want to bless you. I want to give you so many kids. And when they got to the land of Canaan, Abram and Lot stood there, looked out across, and Abram told Lot, you make your choice. And Lot looked toward the bright lights in the big city, and he said, I'll take Sodom and Gomorrah. Abram said, go ahead. I choose this fertile valley. No lights. No big crowds. This will be my choice. And today we've got a lot of people who get so enamored by the bright lights of life. But when they get there, it destroys their family. Lot's family was destroyed by that lifestyle. Can you imagine a father being willing to give up his daughter to other men? What has happened to Lot's thinking? Then God gives Lot an out. And God tells him, don't look back to that old way of living. Don't look back, don't look back, don't look back. Get out of here and follow me. I'm giving you a second chance. And Lot's wife, you know the story. She turned back and looked and was turned into a pillar of salt. Listen, when God calls you out of Sodom and Gomorrah, when God calls you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans, He calls you to follow Him.
to keep your eyes fixed on Him, to look into the hills from whence cometh your help because your help comes from God, and to not turn around and look back from where you've come from. Leave it. God will restore it in Canaan. You see, a lot of people don't want to leave what they have. I've worked hard for this. It's all going to get burned up. I know what the book says. The only thing that makes it out of here is people. Everything else is getting consumed with fire. So please don't let your heart have a treasure of anything on this earth. The only thing that matters is did you do something or did you settle? Today, that's what God wants to hear our response to. Not will you start, not will you get to Heron, but are you willing to make it all the way to Canaan so I can bless you? Man, if I wasn't preaching this, I'd be saying, that's a good sermon, Pastor. That's a challenge to us today. That's a challenge. Because it doesn't matter where you are in the journey. You've still got something to do. And Abram didn't do his best work till he got to Canaan, did he? God opened up heaven, poured out blessings upon and he found out this is a great life. I just had a hard time getting here because of terror. Don't let, don't, don't let anybody else stop you. Can we just take a moment? Just let this kind of marinate in our spirit for just a minute. Because as soon as we leave, you're going to go all kind of places. You're probably already thinking about other things, but don't for a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit just to challenge you like he challenges me every day. Don't come in second, Pastor. Don't settle. Don't lose today. You got to win every day, win every day, win every day. I've called you to be a conqueror. I've called you to be a more than person. And God's called you to the same thing. He challenges me and you the same. The response has to be yes. Can we sing that song? I've carried these burdens. Sometimes we've stayed too long in, in Heron and Earl Caldy. It's time to get to Canaan. I've carried a burden. Yes, too long. For too long on my own. God says, I want to take the yoke from you. I wasn't created. Nope. This is not God's plan for you. To bear it alone. Run to the fire. 
God's not wanting us to run after other things in life. He is a jealous God. He wants you to run to Him for everything. When it gets tough, I run to the Father. When it gets challenging, when the desert is hot and I'm weary and worn out in this life, I run to God because He's the author and the finisher of this trip. I run to Him when I'm heavy burdened and about to give up and about to just quit and settle. I run to Him and He takes that yoke off me. My burdens that are heavy, He takes them off and makes it light so I can lift my hands and breathe again and say, God, I love you. God, I love you. He causes, causes. And today, there may be some of us here who just need to say, God, I'm sorry that I stopped. I'm sorry that I settled. I'm sorry that I'm just sitting around doing nothing. It's time for me to get up. It's time for me to get back on this journey you've called me to go on and to become the person that you've called me to be. The plans that you have, I want your plans for my life. I'm tired of my plans. I'm tired of my will. I want your will to be done. You see, that's why Jesus told the disciples, this is how you pray, not my will, but your will be done. And we pray that every day. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thine is the glory and the power forever and ever and ever. Amen. So be it in my life today. God, don't lead me to temptation. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.